You're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. This is Jerry. This is Gabby. This is Henry. If you have questions regarding this podcast, please send an email to <laughs> boardgamesdubs at gmail.com. And Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And come join our Patreon. Give us money. We appreciate anybody. If you give us money, we appreciate you. Even if you don't give us money, that's fine. But we appreciate you slightly less because that's all that we have to give back to our Patreoners is respect. We also have a Facebook page for all you middle-aged people out there because I enjoy Facebook. We also have a Discord for young hip people, which I can't quite seem to understand that Discord. I don't think there's a whole lot of young hip people in it, except for some middle-aged folks. Ryan Maxwell's in it. He's hip. And I, as I said, middle-aged. He's middle-aged. He is, I guess. He might yeah, be hip. He, he You're going to be middle-aged and hip. He'll need a hip soon if he keeps bowling like that. So anyways, we had a fun time at BGG. We played several different games. This is our last episode regarding BGG because we have talked it into the ground. This BGG was quite, it was the best BGG. It was also the worst BGG for me. A tale of two BGGs, one yes, might say. I got to sit by and talk to Alan R. Moon, the famed designer of the most popular thing ever. Alan Everyone's Moon, yes. in my opinion. Over the moon. Quite humble. Very nice. I did get to play like a humble pie, like a little joke on him. Moon pie. You were going to go that way. Nobody really likes moon pies. They're just, but they kind of have a texture. I got that marshmallow cream that I like. I showed people something when we're talking about moon pies. Showed somebody uh, a move for uh, s'mores while we were camping that I thought was well known. I'm going to spread this gospel now. Because they had bought, everybody bought stuff to make s'mores, and I bought Nutty Buddies. And I proceeded to take the Nutty Buddies out and make s'mores with the Nutty Buddies. Because the Nutty Buddies are the little black-coated wafers that got peanut butter in it. You just use those, and you cook your marshmallow, and you put the marshmallow in between those. Because it adds the peanut butter, and it has the chocolate and the graham cracker in it already. Are you talking about the wafers? Yes. Okay. I thought people knew that. That that combination is amazing. And people saw me do that, and they acted like I invented that. I may have invented that and not known it, but I thought that was common knowledge. You use Nutty Buddies to make s'mores. That's the first I'm hearing of it, okay. but I'm not a s'mores guy. I've been, I'm not a traditional s'mores guy, but I am a Nutty Buddies s'more guy. I like that a lot, and I didn't know that other people did not know. So anyways, I introduced that to several people, which I was pleased to. 
Also, back to Alan R. Moon, I got to ask him several questions and I played a delightful prank on him after he sat down and everybody was like asking, oh, are you Alan R. Moon? He's like, no, but he's much better looking than I am. Oh, he kept doing that <laughs> humble thing. So finally, after talking to him for a brief time, we're playing poker at the tournament there, uh, the little friendly tournament they have at BGG. What the guy that was dealing says, I think we should... You know, everybody's names at the table. Can we just introduce ourselves real fast? And oh, I'm sitting no. right next to Alan Armand. Like and the guy says, my name's David. And this guy says, my name's this. And I went to, and it got to me. I said, my name's Jerry. And I looked over. I said, and this is my, this is, this is Alan. Like, like nobody didn't know who this was. Like, and everybody kind of, oh, he kind of chuckled and went about his business. I asked him what his favorite game was and all that. And strangely enough. Uh, his answers were all related. Uh, if you go to his BGG page, he has a little Wikipedia thing on his BGG page where you can kind of look at their profiles as a designer. He talks up several games. He loved Pandemic Legacy, that Pandemic Year Zero. He loved uh, Dice Miner or something like that. He, he names it on the on the game. Uh, and then he showed me pictures of his new reprint of a game that I guess of his that is quite popular that's being reprinted and I don't know if I should say the name of it because he acted very coy. He probably didn't know that I had a podcast with tens of listeners. So, anyways. Don't betray his trust. I'm not going to betray Mr. Moon's trust. Either way. If he was really trying to be incognito, though. He wasn't. He couldn't have been. But, I mean, I will say his profile pictures, he 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 looks different. He's gotten much older. He hasn't updated them in a while. Okay. So, I mean, like, if it wasn't for the R in his name. Right. Alan R. Moon. Just Al... Alan Moon doesn't sound as right now that you've heard Alan R. Moon. Alan, he could even go lunar. Yes. Lunar. Al Lunar. Al Lunar. Yeah. See, That's what I would do. But he probably didn't. Didn't wear sunglasses and a hat everywhere I go. Just like really try to pretend like, oh, God, everybody knows me when no one knows you. Uh, do, <laughs> You're just like trying to duck and I swerve. Was Alan R. Moon, I would do that <laughs> please, all please. the time. Do you not know who I am? I invented the most popular board game. Just of like all anybody time. that addresses you, just like, all right, where do you want it? And just like break out your pen and yeah. marking. Just I like, would carry around. Do you hear that, that? That David, is it Crusoe, the redheaded guy? On the yeah. Miami Vice, he used to carry around pre-signed autographs <laughs> of his picture just well. to give to people. I lo- I would do that. I that would be me if I had gained the least bit of fame. Just you know, David Dan Hughes, your buddy, he's doing that. Oh right? yeah, oh, we're going. Oh, sign oh, stuff. I love the car. Sign every box oh, of I'm core class. Core class. Core class. Well, no, yeah, he's just flabbergasting about that everywhere. So yeah, I would do that. I'd be out there. Signing stuff. Just have a stamp. Is that not the same as both ink? Just stamp it. I don't think it's exactly the same because stamps, they look, each signature is slightly different. Um, That's a personal touch to it. Anyways, so that was fun. I got, uh, we won the mega game. Then we almost went to the final table at Battling Tops. I got beat out. Sniffy Snakes won again last year. If you know, you know. And uh, let's see. I got sick. I think I got COVID the last night. We didn't get to stay Sunday. I had to drag home. Oh, sorry about that, Christian. I I plotted to stay all day Sunday because Christian and, yeah. and we're going to stay. I know you leave early, but you leave early for personal reasons. You can't you can't sleep in the same bed more than three nights in a row unless it's your own. Like, I you just I, can't handle it. I I require. My wife says I require the three C's: cleanliness. Which I cleaned up behind y'all all week. I don't know if y'all even noticed. I did. Probably not. I did. Comfort. 
comfort and cool. I have to be. And Al's rooms aren't really that cool. Like not hip, but like temperature wise. They're cool. they're they're not. We had that thing set on sixty five, and not, it never got down there. Not nice. So I have require those things, and when I don't get those three things, I can go without one of them, maybe. But I require most of the times all three. And the only place I can get all three is in my own home. And before I go back to work, I have to have like a day of decompression. And some people are like, you're, you're out playing games and having fun. What do you need to like? I, that's just me. I got to come home, sit on the couch and like watch TV all day to get ready for the next day. Does that make sense? No, makes no sense. It doesn't. But that's me. Doesn't sound healthy. No, probably not. And I, it irritates me just hearing you say that. I'm sure it does. And it's I'm withholding, not saying You're probably anything. losing respect for me right no, now. I'm not. I've gained respect. <laughs> My respect meter for you has gone up. It's I on just, the roof. It, and because you do something contrary to what I prefer does not mean that you are in some way inferior to me. I don't understand I don't, how you can, like, I, game all day. I game all travel day. Travel home. I travel. And then go to work the next I, morning. Not only I'm do, I go and see my kids and That's start right. doing stuff. That's yes. right. You yes. go home to I, a house full of children. And interact with people. And have to, like, be actively involved yes. in their lives. Say, I love you, Daddy. So they recognize, oh, this is my father and he cares for yes. me. Yes. I can't just go home and be like, oh, I've got to sit and watch four, I know. four <laughs> seasons of Seinfeld before I can go back to my job of answering. No. To, See, right. I'm doing it again. <laughs> Why are you right baiting now? me? No, no the, I didn't say that. I'm currently involved watching The Gilded Age on HBO. I, what? That sounds awful. They do horses or what is it? No, it's The Gilded as in like fancy. Oh, Gilded. Fan- with- it's like it's Downton Abbey in America. Oh. And it even has the same guy that created it. Who's the who's like Gilded? Um, like, is it? Plantation? What is this? No, they're based in New York. Oh. It's like 18... Northerners. Right before the 20th century. Christians people. Uh, yes. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's not a good show, but the presentation of it is very enjoyable. Rich white people problems. Uh, yes. That's all. Yes. I won't watch shows that are just rich it. white people. I hate I that. I it. find it boring. I don't understand what and is And it's like the upper class that. and lower class and re- seeing how they are all treated. Down and with all the classes. It's a soap opera. I'm not it a classic. It is a soap opera and I am in. I don't like that tough and but I respect those who do <laughs> and I just I don't have a problem with that at if all. If there's one thing that shows you respect things it's just saying I respect I have, the class. I I have found that out when people say things now and I disagree with it. I just yell at the end of it. I respect your opinion. (laughs) You end up say terrible things and then I respect your opinion and it's working fine. The creator of Downton Abbey and of this show. And I say his name this way. Every time the show starts is Julian Fellows. Julian Fellows. But when the show starts and his name pops up on the screen, I say, Julian Fellows, because obviously that's like the snobby voice Mm -hmm. in my mind for English people. Right. And so every show is like tradition now. Dan Hughes. When people, when the name pops up, my wife looks at me and I say, Julian Fellows. And we laugh and we laugh as we drink our martinis. That's Dan Dan Hughes. Mr. Delicio, you pull the cart around. Dan Hughes. With me today, Mike Delizio. Mike, what is this theme song? Hear a knock at your door. Well, Dan, I think that star Don Knotts and uh, what's the other guy's name that died watching, making the other show? That, that critter. Idiot. 
Idiot. You know, uh, it's been a while since they've put we, out an episode. Uh, well, actually, by the time this episode comes out, they may have. Who knows? They have yet to put out their 100th. I don't listen to them. They did a 101, coyly missing their episode 100 that they keep proclaiming is going to be a big God, show. that's stupid when people do that. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we put out 99.1 if you're going to hey, do that. Hey, why are you being so meta? 99.1. Uh, you can be meta if you want to, and I respect it. Hey, BGS. All right. This is not very good. I like it. Are you here? My. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm here. So he, he, he over there, he like giggles to himself. Like he can't giggle on mic. Oh, yeah. And I would just, people like to know that you're here. I know. Just breathe into the mic. <laughs> I, I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> all right. Keeping with the works. spirit of this podcast and rich white respect. people problems. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Go. Let's talk about Spirit Island. Because in that game, you're fighting the settlers and the various towns and villages. I only got the <laughs> warding off the settlers of Catan. Basically. That's what you're so, doing. Which I have an idea. White people. And they literally are white people. Colonialism. I didn't realize in this game, I was thinking this was like a fantasy world. No, it's got like, oh, the colonizers are Spaniards, <laughs> Spaniards, yeah. England, Prussia, Brandenburg, Prussia or something. Or something Brandenburg. Weird. But England was in there. Prussia, so like, Prussia's over like Germany-ish. Yeah. Poland-ish. Poland-ish? Poland-ish. Polsky is what you're looking for. Polsky is what I dance on. Yes. Dansky on the Polsky. <laughs> <laughs> Went to a pole. Went to a Polish strip club. Just a bunch of poles. <laughs> is that a joke you're trying to make? Is that it? No, no, we're okay. good. But in Spirit Island, which was taught to us by the editor of the rule book, Mr. Uh, Blankstein. Blank- Brian Blankstein. Brian Blankstein of the Bearstein Blanksteins. He was a great guy. He taught the game. I hope he listens to our podcast. I don't think, I, you know what? I don't think I ever told him that we have a podcast because we were very complimentary towards him. I enjoyed him thoroughly. Did, didn't. Enrique, you, I, li- I like how you're looking toward me, Well, Well, he's looking stuff up. You're supposed to stick Oh, the am, I, am I stepping up? What did you think of Blanking? Blanking, I'm, I wasn't around him too much. Okay, sadly. well, that's a negative. Like, like I'm sorry. Well, you, rate him. Rate him? Scale of 1 to 10. An 8. Wow, you weren't around him that much? Give him an 8. What did you think, Christian? Christian, he, he's what I thought. He's he what was, you thought? He would be very... Very upbeat, so he's a 10. He's very upbeat. Okay, yeah, he uh, okay. he's a 10. All right, that's good, because yep. he's the president of your fan club. I know he is. Anyways, Spirit Island. In Spirit Island, you're trying to push colonizers off an island, and you are the various powers of said island, kind of like Captain Planet. You got fire, earth, water, wind, <laughs> heart. That poor kid. Remember Captain Planet? <laughs> that one, heart. I never liked Captain Planet. It weirded me out, because here's like the it. thing. The same thing with the Power Rangers. Same thing with Captain Planet. When they all put their 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 hands together or their rings together or whatever, and then they become this much better thing. Here's my thing. Why don't just do that thing immediately? Yeah. At the beginning, if me, you, and Enrique could go, oh, board game snob power, and we all converge into some other ultimate snob. And we become the secret cabal. <laughs> <laughs> then why could why would we just not do that? All of a sudden. Well, it's the same thing with... Uh, I feel myself becoming Jamie. <laughs> it's the same thing. Hey, guys, what were you up to today? <laughs> Just say anything and I'll laugh while you say it. Well, today I had a few beers. Oh, 
You're scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like really, it. I really do like Secret Cabal. I do, too. Say, I do, too. And, uh, ben Especially just had him, I'd say just several lot. episodes ago, uh, Jamie was on Ben's show, Five Games for really? Dinner. It was really good. I like Ben. And he just, Ben also just had on Rodney. I would like to say that somebody, I'm going to point this out, at BGG, you were wearing your Ben Maddox shirt, uh-huh. which is the Big Trouble in Little China shirt. Right, I, I don't think anybody gets it, and it's just been not mad. one person said to me, oh, "I love Ben," and that's what made you mad. Is somebody said, "I like your," sh-. you somebody said your shirt, point out your shirt, and you thought they knew Ben, and you're yeah. Like, yeah, and you're like, who is that? And, and you're like, like it's Ben Maddox, and it, yeah, Ben Mad, Ben Mad Dog Maddox should be the uh, that's the shirt because he's this the what'd you say it was the reference? It's Big Trouble in Little Big China. Trouble in China, yes. Because he's like shirtless, yeah. and got big guns, and he's like looking yeah. at arm wrestle. I thought it was like over the top reference. I don't think it was over the top. <laughs> but anyway, I love Ben. I love his show. He's had two really good. Okay, I, I'm partial to them because for one, I don't listen to shows with the designers of games. Those guys are boring. Alan R. Moon about put me to sleep. <laughs> I just. For no. lack of a better term, I don't care. I'm not interested in designing a game myself. I can I enjoy your game. I appreciate that. Hearing the process, yeah, I don't care. But now this is the good thing about Ben, though, and this is the tangent. But Ben gets into other nitty gritty things about their life, and that's why his show he is does. over the top better. Oh no, that's not the shirt. That's why his show is better than most other interview shows because he does get into the. It's not just so. What was your process? It's way more than that. He gets into their personal lives. Where do you get your ideas? <laughs> theme or mechanic first. What made you drawn to this theme? Yeah, exactly. So it's like no, he gets into some deep stuff. And <laughs> We're not making fun of you, Dick Simpson. You ask great questions. All right, like. Don't mess with Tricky Dick. What's your favorite pudding? I like Dick. He always does his impression of me. <laughs> Leave that, because I'll be cutting that one for a good mic drop moment. Thank you Richard, so much. Tricky Dick Simpson. I love that guy. Yes. He's great. He uh, did, had Luke somebody on. Luke, uh, Luke Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. I prefer Luke Former. Previously. Here's the thing with Dear Richard. I think he's got some of my issues. Self-esteem. Because he's always asking, do y'all, like, do y'all even listen to this? <laughs> Is anybody listening? How many listeners are required, etc.? Richard, you're a wonderful podcaster. We love you. You have a great show. Doesn't matter and, what your numbers are. Don't worry about your numbers. Be even you. though I'm obsessed with our own. Yeah. But just continue being you, a wonderful person. It's easy for you to say that when you're on top. Yeah. So yeah, looking down upon everybody else. Don't worry, you're doing great. Be yourself. No, I say change who you are. <laughs> do what you have to do to climb. Get those numbers, engagements, clicks, whatever Engagement you have to do. Enga- and that's the thing. That's key. We don't do anything. We we have a hard time engaging because it is a full time job. Nobody needs. Yeah, we're always engaged. You have to be on Twitter. You had to be on Instagram. You had to be on all these social media outlets, posting pictures saying, what did you think? How did y'all feel? How are y'all doing? What's this? What's that? What's going on? We do that quite a bit in Facebook. We limit it to Facebook, Discord. I jump in there every now and then, but it kind of maintains itself. I get on nice, Twitter to stir up trouble. Yeah, Twitter, I don't even, I, I made a, I made a post about Ben's shows on X here lately because that's I, I just don't mess with Twitter no more. 
I don't care about Twitter. Gotcha. So anyway. You don't like Elon. I don't care for Elon. What? Uh, I mean, he appears to be kind of a doofus. Who says? Not, I mean, clearly he's a genius in some regards, but a doofus in others. You got money. Yeah. You got out there he's somehow. He's a billionaire. You got out there somehow. But anyway. Making cars that run off water. That's <laughs> Space. If you could name a vehicle that ran on water, what would you call it? Aquafina. Oh, that's a, uh, oh, that's a, a person thing, right? and a water. Oh. A car that runs on water? Like it drives on water? No, it's fueled by it's water. It's fueled by water. I would call it... H2Go. No. Aquafil. Huh? Aquafil. Aquafil? Yeah. Aquafil? Like, feel? like, feel, like feeling like tactile or feel? Uh, like... Your voice is, needs to be cleared. It's fine. Yeah, no, 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 let him clear it. No, so aqua feel. <laughs> of the yeah, aqua So like, okay, aqua feel. Like my feelings or my feelings? F-E-E-L or F-I-L-L? Does, does this make you feel or would you like a refill? <laughs> we need to know. And you have yet to answer. Well, you, just, you guys. You stare at us blankly. I gave I, you a name. I don't think you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Quit looking at me. <laughs> it just walked away. Oh my god. Okay. Is it feel like you're you aqua filling up the car? Or well, aqua no, no. give me another option. Answer yes to that. Yes or no? What to the yeah, oh aqua fill. Fill up water. That would be aqua fill? This is is it might as well be. Oh, okay. It doesn't know. But that's a good name. Were you even aware there are two different meanings to that term? Uh, no, I did not. I'd call, it the, I'd call it the water whip. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's catchy. The kids would like That's it. That's pretty good. It would be kind of wavy, like a soul. They think, where's your whip? Your water whip. Yeah, I got you. Or uh, aqua cell is a toothpaste, isn't it? Well, I mean, why does it, why, does it have to have a reference to water? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it doesn't. You said H2Go. Well, I mean, I made the reference myself. I'm just asking, the, I'm posing the question. We've all made it related to water in this scenario of car fueled by water. Well, you're looking at like branding. You want it to be aqua something. If it runs right. off water, you don't want to call it something weird. I think I would know. I would name it something tropical. Like this is the something Bahama. Moist. No, that's not tropical. Saying like like an island. Dank. The dank. Dank ride. That's what the truck, the water truck would be. The be, dank. It'd be the dank. The danky act. The dank. No, it's the dank. It's like a Ford dank. The Ford dank. The Ford dank. You're too tired of driving. You know that gas. What you need is a dank. And then just be this big old truck. And it gets eight miles per tank. Because there's no way you could propel this thing that much water. You just got a 50-gallon tank of Fill water in the back. With the dank. It's just water. I think that that would be. And it has water cannons to break up riots. Correct. Because <laughs> people will be riding. <laughs> not when they realize. Not in my town. <laughs> <laughs> Driver, the dank. And then everybody. And it's like. Water cannons there, and blasted as a, as a microphone thing, you could talk to people. I was like, get ready to get moist. And just turn the water cannon on as you're going down the road. This car is not. Hope you and you just make like water puns like <laughs> Schwarzenegger did yeah. in that movie. <laughs> Making it rain. <laughs> Time to make them rain. Uh, call me Elon. This is a great idea. <laughs> this might be something. 
the electric cars all frying as you drive by, watering them down. Or you go by, like, maybe you drive by someone doing some illicit deed in mm. water Canada. You're like, mm. time to just, wash away your sins. It's just a, you're baptized. <laughs> just drive around, spread everybody. Yes, say. Come on in, boy. The water, water is, is fine. fine. Oh, Lord. I have no idea how we what got was that? I don't know. There's Oh, Enrique. Is that your, the ball? The gyro no, ball. No, that was not the ball. That's not the was gyro. Was that your nasal passenger? That was Enrique no. squeaking. He, was, he leaned I, and he squeaked. And wasn't uh, no need to, Yeah, you know, being met is fine. Okay, I be, get No, it. no, I being met you. is fine. <laughs> I respect people <laughs> who talk about right. whatever. That And that was banter. We and, may have slightly ca- veered off the game. Well, no, you, the game I want to talk about was Spirit Island, and oh, you keep forcing right. us into banter. My bad. Which is fine. I respect that decision. I know that you do. And I appreciate so that. So, with Spirit you. Island, essentially, it's kind of like Pandemic, except it's uber. Except it sucks. But, I'm just wow, y'all come at me real hard. I thoroughly enjoyed my first take of it. But I I I will say that the imagine pandemic, but if your character card was a little bit more complicated, it's certainly a lot more going on. And it's not just as simple as turning over a card and here comes out the colonizers. They kind of move around and build and destroy. And it's it's kind of neat. I, I enjoyed it. There's a cosmic encounter feel is what Enrique brought up about the cards having multiple different types of little elements, you know, all out there that the earth, wind and fire type thing. They all play differently. It, it's co-op. And I like to co-op sometimes. No, I don't really like it. I said that. That's a lie. I don't it's like co-oping. I don't like co-oping. But in this sense, I did co-op. And I, but I think solo wise, it may be better. I prefer doo-wop. Thought you talking about Hanson. Thought you about Hanson. Thought you talking about Hanson. 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 You remember Hanson? The three blonde kids. They were really too. That's mmbop, not doo-wop. Oh, you're right. Think of Chris Hansen. <sighs> he gets predators. <laughs> that would have never made a show where like Chris comes predators out. Predators in there like getting somebody's skull and neck bones Is for a trophy. Chris Hansen. Oh, wow, Mr. Predator. Have a seat. Have a seat. I <laughs> uh, see so you have a nice fresh uh, spine there in your hand. Yeah, really, uh, that's all the predator noises that they make. That's it. Besides his, like, flashing to uh, the infrared. Yeah, which I don't think that, yeah, they do that every time they switch that infrared. To predator, starring Chris Hansen and Predator. Uh, all right, so I will, I, I, I've given my hot take early. I predators, shot that out there. Predator's play. Played by I, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin Spacey. That's it's just, I don't know. This is Kevin. Here comes. Okay, look. No, we don't need to go down the street. Stop. I. Here's the thing. It's too complicated for me. Mm. I prefer the ease and the streamlinedness. Streamlined. Streamlined. Streamlinedness of pandemic. Of was that fire rescue? Uh huh. I this is like take those games and make them super complicated. Well, I have good news for you. You were gifted the streamlined version of this very game. No, I was not actually. I asked them about that, and they said no. Horizons is literally the same game, but with uh, just the cheap 
components mm. and a smaller board. They only told plays me up that to the, three. They told me that the characters were streamlined. Because I, I, I asked them several times. Like, it's they're like, no, it's literally the same game, except the components are cheaper and it only plays up to three smaller boards. And I wanted to know if there was any rules changes. And mm. I was told no. No, who told you? Uh, Soul Train. He would Brian. Know. He would know. He would. He would definitely. G off. I even think said that. G off said it. Well, then G off. That's well. I'm. I'm or maybe I'm misremembering. I'm, I'm sad that. Uh, I'm sad that you didn't enjoy your play of it. Your play of it. Well, but this is one of those things, and this is me have, uh, ha- lacking self confidence in my own opinions. Is that whenever I'm faced with an overwhelming sense of from everyone else that says this game just has so much depth and the different characters you can play and the interactions between the elements the interactions between the characters themselves you can play this card it triggers this card and helps this card i didn't really sense a whole lot of that i know it happened but i just it just didn't do much for me it just felt like an overly complicated pandemic and i didn't enjoy not that i didn't enjoy it i i played the game it just didn't get me and it, it it did take a while for me to grok the game, grok because it is kind of like the You're, whole setup of the. It just I was like I don't know what's going on. I did come in mid play, but I towards the end I was understanding the concept of it, and I just I didn't like it. You're correct. Horizon's just cheaper version. Um, I, I would I, I'm going to play this solo. Because it was not on my top ten solo list. If you listen to Solo Source, uh, uh, that's and it's in the top of everybody's solos. And so there you go. I'm gonna solo it, so I'll know. So I'll have to table it before I pass judgment on it. But from what I've seen so far of it, I did enjoy my one round. I got to play of it before I had to exit to the mega game. Speaking of Joffrey, the purveyor of small games who I've come to know him as because every time it seems like I'm around him, he pulls out some random small game for which we play. And so far, all of his small games, that's just his thing. I like small games from Joffrey's small games. He has a plethora of games of which many are small. Yes. Party style? Not necessarily party style. Just when I think party style, I'm thinking of the complexity. What was that? And the time. No. That party style is when there's a lot of people necessarily involved to make the game work, I would say. Okay, I guess filler, I guess. You filler, that's what you want. I think like that salad game. Vegetable stock. Vegetable stock. It's a stock game. A better version of Bear Raid. No, it's not. A, it has nothing to do with Bear Raid. Stop. I'd and, rather play vegetable stock. And that would make me irritated if I was the type to get irritated. But I thoroughly enjoyed vegetable stock, which is a simple game of just putting out a four, one card uh, enough cards plus one of the players there. They all have pictures of various vegetables, and everybody selects those cards, and those cards in your hands are your stock in those vegetables, and the card left behind, those stocks and those vegetables go up. If the stock goes too high, it rotates around and busts, goes back down to zero, and that's the simplicity of the game. I thoroughly enjoyed vegetable stock. It reminded me a little bit of, like, if you want something a little more gamier, the Osprey games, that Star Cartel. I mean, you've played that. You don't remember it, Enrique. I can tell by your blank look. But I thoroughly enjoyed that game as well as Vegetable Stock. The other small game we've got to play that's like a memory-style game, which we don't typically play, but I'm very good at memory games, was the Taiwanese Nana Nana. 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 It came out in English as Trio. Mm-hmm. Apparently in Taiwan, Nana is seven, but they made the game 
for Americans in English, and it's trio, which is three. <laughs> and funny enough, this all makes sense because in the game, if you collect the seven set, you win, hence the Nana. But in Americans, you're trying to collect three sets to win, which is the same rules. I like this game. It is a three sets of sets of three. Yes. So it, I liked it because it's simple. It's go fish. You you have cards one through 13. You line them up in your hand and you can ask somebody, show me your lowest hand, lowest card, your highest card, or flip one of the nine cards that are out there to see what they might be. And you're just trying to get three cards. I liked it thoroughly. I enjoyed that one as well. Uh, I did happen to win. It's one of those games I wanted to even know I won because the set I had purchased the set i had the two sets i had won you subtract them they equaled seven i won mm. i had a horrendous time remembering who had anything i have a terrible memory and on that note we went to that's not a hat did y'all play that one no, we did yes. not play that one i did that one you're just dealt out these cards they have these black and white pencil drawn uh pictures on them Anything, cup, glass, flower, ladder. Just generic items. Just generic items. And then you flip them over. You transfer them to the left or to the right. The card tells you what to. And you simply tell the person, that's a pin. If they had seen you just flip over a pin, they could say, okay, yeah, it is a pin. But if they didn't see you, they have to call your bluff. After a while, basically all the cards are all flipped over and you have to remember who's given you what and in what order it is in your stack of three. It is pure memory. I lost immediately at this game. So the thing is, if you call somebody's bluff and you are wrong, then you get that card. It's not a game of who wins. It's a game of who loses first. I lost first. I got, I called three bluffs. They were all wrong. I lost the game immediately. Despite the fact I have this horrible memory, this is the style of game. Quick party game. I, I don't know how, how many it plays, but probably, I mean, the ones that were there with us, we had five people playing it, I think, at least six. That's it probably fine. plays, I don't know, five, six, seven. I I call that a party game. It was, it was fun. I like this game, and I can see this being the type of game I would like to have in social situations, because often I get invited to friends' houses, they're like, "All right, Gabby, you're the you're the party guy game." No, wait, <laughs> you're the you're the you're the, wait. What <laughs> you're the guy who brings the you're party the, game. Yeah, yeah. you're the party guy. I'm the party guy. You're the party guy <laughs> game. I'm the party <laughs> guy. What, what kind of pin the tail on Gabby? So <laughs> I show up. They're like, "No, you're the you're the game guy." So any party, I'm the game guy. Hey, Gabby, bring your games and. Okay, this is perfect for that. Both all all of these games, vegetable stock, as simple as can be. That's not a hat. As simple as it can be. Uh, Nana or trio. As uh, and we then we played push. Real good. Uh, push is very similar. You have three colors and you have numbers. I forget what the numbers go to. Uh, two to six, let's say. You can line them up and up to, up to, no more than three columns. You flip over the first card. If it's a green or a number, you place it in a column. If you flip over the second card, as long as it's not the same color or the same number as a previous card in that column, you can place it in the same column. If it is the same color or number, you have to place it in one of the other three columns. So then I would place a green one 
I've already got one. I have to place it in the second column. If I flip over another green or another one, it would have to go in that third column. So then you can, and it's just a push your luck. That's the name, push. So you're pushing your luck. I flip over a card. Is it a green? Is it a one? If it's not, then I can lay it down. If it is, you've busted. You don't get to gather these cards into your collection. Everyone else does. The game is you stop, choose a point to stop. It's kind of can't stop-ish. It gets compared to that a lot. I way prefer Can't Stop. I did not care for this game. It's fine. But if I'm going to play this style of push your luck, I'm going to go with Can't Stop. But it's it's a fine game. I would not own it. But it still, it did its job. It was fine. But I think of all the, the, the three or four that we played there, Push was at the bottom of the list. But they did their job because Joffrey was waiting for some other friends to show up and play a bigger game. So that's exactly what we did. We played these small games while waiting. They did their job. Holy cow. What? Uh, Nemesis Retaliation, which is basically the next game in the re- in Nemesis series. Yeah. So this is Retaliation, where you're the Marines hunting the aliens. It's only been out for a few days. 2.4 mil. <sighs> I won. That's been nice. Well, you got you have $109. I'll order it for you. What a... Yeah, cause you can't. Yeah, cause I bought the last one. Did you? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yes, I remember. I, you I did. tell you, I'll tell you what. Do you, now, and let me see here. So let me look on here. Which we love. Which we love. So on and this, I would like to play it again someday. Yes, and so we'll play it again. But for this pledge, let me go over the rewards. So for and this is a good. I'm wondering they're making. So uh, for you save sixty bucks if you back it. So I'm trying to do this sales pitch. This would be great if we had a sponsor. <laughs> um, so for the special, this the core box alone, it's going to be two hundred dollars when it comes out. But you can get it for one hundred nine right now, and it's just the core box. Now the stretch goal for the ne- the next box, oh, it's free. The stretch goals has come free with it. That's great. Let's see what's the next thing that you could get on this to add to your. So yeah, for a hundred dollars. You can get uh, the special edition, and it comes with higher quality minis. That's all the minis ones. That's what you want. So for $109, you get, oh, so you have, like, choose your character and gear, uh, double layer boards, character tiles. are all like like Marines. Like, you're going out to hunt the aliens. All right. So it's cool. It looks cool. So it's a reverse of, is it a reverse of you getting hunted by the aliens? Uh, More or less. it, It seems that way. It's, it's. Let's see. Let me read the actual. It me, sounds like the alien is still hunting you, but it's going to be more of a. Nemesis is a one to five player semi-co-op horror sci-fi themed board game. Uh, it is the final epic part in the Nemesis trilogy. This part you'll play as Marine squad, fully knowing what they're getting themselves into. Prepare for a lot of fresh mechanics and better than ever cinematic moments. Basically, uh, your friend stabbing you in the back and an onslaught of aim, a- enemy horde. So yeah, you're you're like going in to hunt the aliens as well. So that's the thing. So yeah, pretty good. So I'll put you down. Here's the thing. I, with, I tell you what. Have have the halves. Yeah, halves. Ah, wait, look at all these games. I'm joking. This uh, this level of game. This is my issue with I'll, these I'll tell types you what, of games. I'll even paint it. I'll paint it for you. Good Enrique, you're loaded with cash. How much money you got? I don't know. Thousands and thousands He's of dollars. with cash. Thousands if, if and he, thousands. If he would flash his bank account, the women, the be, ladies would be all over. It would be embarrassing. I would be envious myself. Ignore females. Pursue currency. That's what I always say. 
this style of game, mm-hmm. the the Nemesis line, it's huge. It's hard to get to the table because there's a billion parts to it. The rules are, while they're simple, you do have to refresh yourself. Mm. It's one of those games to me. It's like it's one of those games you're going to play maybe once a year. Yeah, it is. It is a. It is a. Like an event game. Yes. And so we have played the first one, uh, not the first one, the second one, one time. Yeah. Lockdown. I would like to just go back to it at least one more time before we play the next one. This one won't be out for about a year. So see if we have plenty of time. We got time. Got time. Plus, when we do our other RPG, our Alien Solo RPG, we use a lot of the parts out of that. I look very forward to that. We need more people. How many? Well, grab Bubba. We can get them. All right. Grab Bubba. Good people. Grab DJ. DJ's good. You know DJ's going DJ. to DJ. 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 Uh, okay. Well, we can list them out. We can list our friends later. Is that it? I think that's. Oh, y'all need to discuss ancient knowledge real quick. Um, it was god awful. <laughs> you get. I was okay with it. It was it one was of the bo- most boring games I've ever played. Ancient knowledge by LO Games. LO. We haven't discussed Worlds of Wonder. I know. Mm. Why are you rushing me along? Sorry. Why you? Why you? I don't interrupt know. Me? I, One I, game I, at a time. I wish you could. Okay. I'm glad you interrupted me to tell me that. I'm glad. I'm sorry. I respect that. I understand. Where the, I've made a mistake. No, you know you didn't make a mistake. I'm oh. telling. I appreciate all that you do to keep this <laughs> well, podcast in lines. And if if I can, I will continue talking about one of the worst games I've ever played, called Ancient Knowledge by Lo Games, which is a ga- card game where you just put a card down and you slide it. I wonder if it would have been hard for them to call themselves LL Cool Games. Oh yes. I mean, like, would you have to get permit? You obviously couldn't get permit. I mean, he's not going like with <laughs> LL Cool can, Games. Can you patent a name? Why like, not? Could you call yourself LL Cool Games? Like that would be awesome. Yeah. Done. This trademark and circle. Licking, Copyright. Licking your lips. All right. Continue cool. on. I did not play this game while I was playing Worlds of Wonder, which we'll discuss here momentarily. I look across the aisle at Jerry Enrique playing Ancient Knowledge, and Jerry is miserable. It was too. So when I sat down, I looked at the box of the game, and it, looked, it said thirty minutes. I can all trash thirty minutes and fight through any game. The person who read the rule book, which took like 45 minutes to read this god-awful rule book because the mechanisms in this game are so stupid. Literally, some of the most doled down idea. It's it's awful. All right. Uh, let me just, just it, it does so many things that are pet peeves for me for a board game. But all that you're doing, laying down these cards on top of your player aid and then moving them down until they fall off the board, and hopefully you get the little bits of ancient knowledge off of them before they fall off and become minus victory points. And playing cards are just, it's just lay down a card. And you want to pick up a card? Pick up a card. And it didn't help that I looked at the board wrong, uh, the box wrong. It's not 30 minutes. It's 30 minutes per player. Oh, God. So this quick card game, which is what it should have been, was an over two-hour slog with the teach. And I was so bored to tears and playing with people, half of which I did not know, that seemed bent on completing the game rather than just stopping. And to my chagrin, when it was over, they said, yeah, this is really kind of not a great game. I was like, well, why did we play through it? It was obvious I could not have cared less about this game. It is a disappointment. Yeah. Absolute dis. I just, oh, from the artwork in it, which was I was, drab. Just, about to, I was just about to ask you because the board looks pretty, like 
so the art's bad. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's very drab and it's themeless, and you don't even you don't even really know what you're doing. Like I could not give you a good idea of what the actual theme was. The, I, I thought at first was you're this ancient civilization that's developing, but then no. you're utilizing ancient knowledge, so you're like you're like an archaeologist. Here you go, real quick. I feel like it's more heirs to an exceptional knowledge that has survived the ages, it is now up to you to preserve the vestige of your civilization. That sea still, it, who knows? It's still themed. <laughs> who knows? Very, very who broad. Because for me, this is more like archaeology, historically. By yellow. I can't say. I really know. don't know. And Remy Matthew was the designer. I did not find it. It was at all mess. engaging and was bored to tears. That's disappointing. I hate when you get stuck in. Uh, okay, so in regards to that, amount of hits versus misses this con for you? Uh, Last Light, which was the number one game of the con for mm. people, it was the most played according to the stats. And Roy Canada even commented that it was like a release party for him, even though he wasn't there. I thought that last day was good. It's all right. You last must, days. Last night, light, whatever. It's all right. It's it's. I could see why people like it. I'm not hating on it. it I would play it again. I, I, it, it was fine. I, it, it is fine. It's a six out of ten, as I give it. Yeah. Really, the hit for me of the con that I thoroughly enjoyed was that wonderful world. World. Yeah. <laughs> world wonder. I swore. <clears throat> again. World wonders. One of those games that... When I looked at it, I By thought, Zay Mendez. this is not going to be a game I'm going to enjoy because it's tile. You're laying down little Tetris pieces. Yes. Just like in My City, which was good. And just like in Planet Unknown, which was fine. And it's like, okay, so you're just laying down these pieces until, and these little other tiles and that match this requirements till you can build one of the cool looking 3D wonders. Okay, that's the game. And the rules are very simple with all that you're doing. Then the game kind of just, does this one little few things that change it from just a very calm and sedate little tile laying game into something that's a little more competitive. Number one, it's monetary system that it uses. Every time you spend money, you move your little slider to show how much money you've spent. You can only spend, I believe it's like $7 without taking a loan. And each of the pieces that are very limited when they come out each round, those are limited to what you're buying. They cost X amount of money. That's neat because all the players are vying for the roads and the other buildings that you want to build. And so people chronically take what you want. Then you're trying to build your little town the way that you want it so that you can actually put the uh, wonder out next to it in the correct spot. That gives you a goal to work towards, which is, again, very interesting. And all three games of this game that I played, we all were able to build all the wonders onto our board. And after the game was over... The, our boards looked interesting. They weren't just flat. They had roads and little sections of town and then these 3D neat little wooden pieces that looked like these various wonders. The scoring was very tight. I, I this is, I would go far to say. Surprise of the con. The best Tetris type game I've ever played. Like that Tetranomino, whatever they call it, Ta Lang. I, everybody knows how I feel about these goofy door from a romantic tile laying games and junk like that. I don't really like those at all. This game, however, this got me. I I thoroughly enjoyed this game. It was competitive. It there it offers some good decisions over what's coming out, how to manage your money, and how, what to get. And it's quick. It's boom, 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 boom. Enrique, I think Jerry's covered it. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's well. <laughs> you can't think. You know like, I'm not going to make. I'm not going to force you into convert. You know, we discussed this I when we're talking. That he just <laughs> his his silence is it deafening. Just, I, I get it. I get it. But you know, it, on a previous, I, I, I understand what you want from on a, no, I, just, I don't know that you do. But it, on a previous podcast, wow. we just discussed that was really hard. I, I'm I sorry. Know. You know what? I respect that you respect I'm that glad. I respect <laughs> that we all respect. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm Real glad quick. I called that out. No, I'm glad. I respect I that you did. I put it on my Twitter. I see you. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. We just want to hear you. We just want. So on a previous podcast, episode 281, I believe it was. 282. No, it was 281. Okay. 282 was Den of Wolves. Yeah, that's right. Episode 281, we set up this uh, hypothetical scenario in which Enrique was trying to approach Someone of which he might be interested in. And we did scenarios oh. of how to approach them. You may not remember that. I remember it clearly. <laughs> I vaguely remember it. And uh, I noticed you playing some Azul. Enrique was. <laughs> Enrique was. Uh, Enrique was. <laughs> what is that? So the thing that we come down to was Enrique needs to learn how to basically communicate. Communicate. Yeah. Speak it. Just. And uh, there's a difference between. Speak using words, and you're just just. Uh, and there's people that do that, and they just blah 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 blah. blah. They're running at the mouth. They're uh, saying I nothing. Know a few of them. They're saying nothing. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm asking is, can you just, even though Jerry has it, said things, it just input that basically. Could you come up with something? It's kind of like a. It's almost like a improv thing. What? What mm, can okay. you come up with? What typically to discuss this game on certain other podcasts and YouTube uh, board game videos is that one person says the thing, mm-hmm. and the other person just takes what the other person said and just rewords it, and yeah. then it's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. oh well, like and that's always, a big hit for some reason. Huge. I just always Dude. think that's just kind of. Just time wasting. I feel like. Do you feel like it's time so wasting? You, so you don't want to just, just to, to reword, rephrase what yeah, they to said. Yeah, to reword. I always, I always thought that was just kind of. I'm saying the same words just in a different order. I said what you said, <laughs> but with a different cadence. Subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Let's just do this. This is much better being this meta. <laughs> <laughs> Gobby, ask me about insert game here. How do you feel about World of Wonders? I felt that that game was sufficient enough for our sponsors, and I enjoyed playing that game with my friends. But there was one thing that I was puzzled about. But don't worry about that. You might not be that kind of person. This game is good for those types of persons. If you are How that very persons. generic of oh you, thank you for that non-opinion. You're welcome, Gobby. <laughs> en- <laughs> Enrique, how did you feel about this uh, generic game? I thought it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to our sponsor who wants us to be somewhat positive towards the games that we're discussing because they published this podcast. You're scoundrel, you. <laughs> you oh scoundrel. Oh, you're yours. always saying things which are so controversial. <laughs> Perhaps. Oh, how? And then you say something slightly edgy, and oh, oh. every all the fans love it. Why must you put me through this? Oh, torture? I'm wearing a colorful tie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Don't look. Don't. Please look behind me at the nerd paraphernalia. Don't. For don't. Which I- <laughs> don't be every YouTube gaming uh, podcast there is. I am not. If they could see my room, what do you think? 
Look at my wild facial hair that is ungroomed. Uh, they, your room, which first off, the thing I like about your room. Go ahead, please. I, this is going to warm the cockles of my heart. So I am not. I, if you're being I'm being serious. Okay. You've seen my office. Yeah. I'm not good at decorating. I can't decorate. I think me and you are about the same. Well, well I can't. Like, like if you gave, see, if you said, here's all that you'll ever want. Uh-huh. Dec- I couldn't figure out how to decorate something. Your room. I would just throw up stuff I like, which I know, is what I've done. Which is what you've done. So you have this large picture of the Enterprise, of the schematic of said Enterprise. Love. You have Wolverine and Spider-Man, the retro kind of comic things. And then you Love. have all the things for which I would not get, which are autographs of famous people. You've got the lady from Battlestar Galactica, that dude from Warehouse Africa 13. Six. Yes. And then you got Avery Brooks. Yes. The the shows who, I am who got shafted in on um, Picard, which was awful. Uh, okay. I, I, can I say this? Say it. Let's discuss Avery Please, Brooks. Gobby, say what you're about to say. <laughs> Let me be edgy for just a moment. No, seriously. Avery Brooks. So OG, Cisco. I'm, I'm gonna say this and it's gonna hurt me to say it. Say what? 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 A friend of mine went to a Comic Con in Dallas. Yes. In which Avery Brooks attended. Yes. I told her. I said, Avery Brooks is going to be there. Yes. He's Captain Cisco, DS9. Yes. Please get his autograph and tell him to say, thank you, Captain Moraga. Have a good day. Something of that effect. Avery Brooks said to her, is he here? No. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to sign it like I want. Wow. Apparently, he's kind of a douche. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a whole lot. It was, uh, I don't know if you, uh, it does not matter. I'm going to discuss a personal friend of mine. But, but I she, still like that. But, but she was like, he was not going to say what you wanted because you were not there requesting it. That's true. And he said, I'm not going to say what you want. That's that. And he did not. He said to Mr. Moraga Avery Brooks. Well, first but of all. But I still, I still treasure that. You I just, just You it. decided, you oh, usurped the rank of captain. And he's thought they're not worthy. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You got to show up. He and you didn't show up. Caprica six. I have two of hers. I've noticed. I've I've showed up. Quite I'm odd. A, I might be a stalker at this Maybe. point. <laughs> Which one of them is side? Gina, your husband is gorgeous. <laughs> Trisha Helfer. Yes, and the other one is. Please stop following me. <laughs> so it's like they are weird. They are weird. And uh, this guy, sadly, I literally cannot remember his name nor his name in the show, mm-hmm. but he comes from Eureka. A sci-fi show, very lighthearted. It was on the Sci-Fi Network. Very lighthearted. I loved the feel of the show. It was basically Northern Exposure with sci-fi. Okay. Just a wonky feel. Loved it. I have those. What else were you going to say about my room? <laughs> well, just... I, 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 I have a Han Solo poster. I have Back to the Future. I have Superman, my favorite comic book character of all time, because he is the comic book character of all time. Does he make it difficult... To have, uh, he breaks a lot of rules. Like when you have Superman, it's like, who else do you need? Nobody. Unless you got this green rock on you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my one weakness. Minerals. <laughs> it's just, oh, what should I do? If only I had a friend that could control everything that's green with his ring. Oh, I don't no. even know if that's true. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that you asked me to describe your room and I started to, and you just did it for me. That's fine. 
Um, so I have no. Idea. I interrupted you, which you now respect. I, it's fine. I don't care. It, it doesn't matter that you told me to do something and then proceed to do it yourself. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no. It's, there's no, no need. I there's apologize. no offense taken. I hate myself now. That's just fine. That's just fine. You have a bunch of Clyde Clusler books that you don't read. Dirt. I've read them. I'm sure they look. They look <laughs> riveting. They're dirt pit ripoffs. The dirt pit ripoffs. Clive Cussler took a format, yeah. dirt pit Al Giordino, and said, "Let me apply this to everything." And he's living it up. <laughs> he's li- and then you got a bunch of classics, which I know you haven't read. Not to mean that in any way, other than the fact that I know you have not read those. They are the picture of Dorian Gray, War Peace. <laughs> So I'm just going to say. I have not read them, no. Charday has read The Picture of Dorian Gray. She loved it. Really? Which mind boggles me. Not that the, she read it, but that she loved it. <laughs> she, she, is, she is intelligent enough to read that but on her own and she, understand it. That is not what I'm talking about. I was I'm defending ta- her. I just didn't think that she on would like it. On this podcast, we do not like anything resembling hate speech. Please accept our deepest apologies. Quick it, question. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm sidetracked. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead with the book. Favorite author. I really like Kurt Vonnegut. I've I've enjoyed all of his. I don't want to correct you and say Vonnegut. I, I've heard Vonnegut. You have. It, you know, you might be right. That's a I language. Don't know. I don't Vonnegut. know. I say Vonnegut because it sounds like you know. It's kind of like when they say Van Gogh. Right, right. Or Van Gogh. Right. It's been Van Gogh. One of these two knows what they're saying. Van, the other looks like a fool. But Well, Van Gogh, it's not how you pronounce it. It's apparently Van Gogh. But whatever. Okay. But anyways. But yes, you know. So I, you I, like this classic literary guy? That I, I do. It, I do enjoy that classic literary guy. Uh, there's mm. I, now. I will say, in terms of just if I had to grab a book of his, that Michael again, another author whose name I mispronounce all the time, Crichton or Crichton. I always depending. said Crichton. I say it. I've said it wrong so long. I don't know which one is right. Um, but yeah, his all of his stuff has been even ones I thought would be very very boring were were actually good. I, uh, if I was to choose an author I thought was my favorite, I was going to go Michael Crichton. I have several of his books. Timeline being my number one book of all time, Airframe would be his Ishtar. I actually enjoyed that one. His uh, Hudson Hawk. I find that his his uh books. He he is the type of writer which I would want to be. His long kiss goodnight. Word, that was a good show. I actually enjoy that show a lot. Is that Gina Davis? Uh-huh. Where she's Samuel like, Jackson. She's a sleeper horn, agent. Ripped toward dead. I know. And she's like digging into his pants I for his gun. <laughs> they jump out that window yeah. and she's shooting into the ice on yes, her way down. It's stupid. Oh, my God. I love that show. It's such an okay. awful show. And that's what's crazy. I just, uh, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's all sad the, I remembered that. But uh, Airframe, I just found very boring. It no, is, what's worse, though, is his Pirates of Latitude. I didn't watch that one. It's a book. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> didn't watch it. Didn't read uh, it. I will not watch this book. <laughs> it was his unfinished book that gets finished by other authors, yeah. and they finished it. So, like, they had the bare bones. Yeah. It was super boring to I me. Bet so, well, he takes subjects and then studies them, and then goes, "I'm going to write a book." But you have a guy. So when I first broke it, the first book of his I read, I was like in middle school, had completely no knowledge. Just bam, I read Sphere. Freaking amazing! Oh, just yeah. blew my mind at what what can happen in a book. We've moved. Do you remember? Do you remember your first? 
and I don't mean this in the terminology as it sounds these days, but your first adult novel. <laughs> yes, I Something do. Something that was not Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys. Yes, I do. What was it? It was the Bible. No, I'm just- <laughs> Uh, Song of Solomon, but slapped. Um, So so I was dyslexic and, of course, Uh, practically illiterate, even at a a older age than what I should have. And so I had to learn to read at a much older age. And the thing that motivated me to read was I had discovered by that time those Calvin and Hobbes books. And so I was I was trying to read those. And so that's not a book, I know, but that was the thing that had me going. And so I would always go to the library and get basically the compiled Bill Watson or Water, I think it's Watson or Watterson, um, comic book strips of Calvin and Hobbes and rent those. And there was one day that the the uh, librarian there, the little old lady, was always poking in business and everybody's business, poking her nose in everybody's business saying, listen, why don't you read, you know, the classics? Like start start reading those, and I was homeschooled, so I didn't know what the classics were. So I remember going over to their section and just picking out at random one book and going, "This is it. This is what I'll start with," because it just seemed like it was uh, it just it was just what was there. And then the 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 librarian acted like I had picked out something that was like naughty. <laughs> And she's like, oh, the first band, uh, band, bus. and she gave me all these facts about this book. It was Catcher in the Rye. I'm like, Never read it, yeah. I'm like, oh, is this a bad book? Like, what's the thing about it? She's like, oh, it's Catcher in the Rye. Da, 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 da. Anyways, so I took off with it and reading it, that was quite a, the eye opener because it was very, um, it was just incredibly if you read Catcher in the Rye when you're young, it's different when you read it when you're old. It changes because it's like when you're young, you can halfway understand what this kid's going through. When you're older, he just sounds whiny. It does. Your perception of your own age changes the book, which is kind of amazing. So, did you read it twice? Yes. I've read it once when I was young, and then I re- re- reread it and realized, oh, I don't feel the same way about it. Hmm. I went back. and I've then- never reread a book. Oh, yes. I went back and there are several uh, that I got into going through. Like I read Crime and Punishment. That was the first really like dark, like I like all these Russian names and all this. I'm like, man, this is interesting. Uh, And then finally, I ended up hitting on um, there are several that fell flat for me. I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head now. Probably push them to the side. But there was ones that that like. Stuck with me, like Frankenstein was another one right in that same time period. I love Frankenstein. It made perfect sense what was going on to me, like what 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 was going on in the book and what what the characters were all feeling and experiencing. And then finally, well, my favorite book and the one I reread the most out of all was Slaughterhouse-Five. And Slaughterhouse-Five was the one that was like the easiest to ever read ever. I need to read that. It's, you said that's your favorite book It is the easiest to read. And it's... I th- read the edition that had the opening, his opening comments, and just kind of get you into the preamble of the book. And it's just him going on about stuff. And then it eventually gets into the opening where he's mad about he wrote a book about the bombing of Dresden and was upset that nobody read it. And he said, basically, OK, you people are all idiots. And because you won't read something that's 
important and you should know about it. I'm going to write this stupid novel about time travel and people being unstuck in time and Billy Pilgrim. And then oh, you'll. I'm interested yeah, in that myself. That, so, yes. Yeah, like, and then you'll read it, you ignorant. He wrote that for me. He, and he says that. Like, <laughs> like, like, you, you, because you people are so deluded and stupid, I'm going to mm. dumb this down so you can get it. And I love that opening. Was and like, that's Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah. That was, so, yeah. And he, he, that's in the opening of Slaughterhouse Five. Is he says, he says, because you're such a moron and you won't sit down and understand history, you're so stupid. Read this. I think you like it because he's angry. I liked it. <laughs> and I thought, and so when he says this, I'm like, yes, I want to read this. And, the, and there's something in that book. So the aliens in this book. To, to give you to, to give you an idea, it's basically this guy who went to World War II, experienced the bombing of Dresden. He's like a dentist, or I forget now what. Uh, he's like some he's something respectable, optometrist or something goofy. And uh, oh, it's going to bother me now that I forgot that part. But this old man now starts talking about how he was kidnapped by aliens and traveled through time, and starts telling about this weird things that took place. And then it goes back to when he was in World War II and it goes through that experience, basically. He's talking to like a radio going on about all these things. And so the aliens experience time all at once. So they can experience when they were born. They time can, is a flat yeah, circle. So, so, yeah, they just, they're, 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 it's a thing. Like they, they know death, they know it all. So they're just, they're, they're just existing in their timeline. Right. It's not like, like a one-way track where you get to the end of your dead. It's like, okay. It's you, not linear. Yeah, they can go back and forth in their own thing. They're not affecting it. Right. They're just reliving their experiences. And so their whole, they're, they're very nonchalant, which is the great thing. And so like in their, in their uh, like language, it's just so it goes. So it's like, oh, this thing happened and it blew up. And is that a phrase? So it goes. And so it goes. It says so it goes. And so it's like something happened and it killed this people. And they're like, oh, so it goes. So it's like because it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. Like because in their mind, it's like, why or why are you worried about this? Because it's it. They already have experienced their death, their birth, right. and everything in between. It doesn't end things for them, and they just keep going. So it's like, oh, so it goes. And so it's mm-hmm. like just experience something different. And that phrase was just like like. Anyways, it's just such an easily readable it's, book. It's incredibly re- easy. And when you read through it, you'll want to read through it again to have a fresh picture of what you now understand about it. When was it written? 50s? Well, it's, I'm just complete. Like to me, like when you say Slaughterhouse Five, Kurt Vonnegut, I'm thinking, oh, it sounds like from the 50s. I have no concept of why I think that. To me, I'm just thinking, because if it's that my hard problem with like, uh, Oh my God. It was published sixty nine. Okay, so I yes, nice. De- definitely, I can read that. But my problem is with like books like the I don't even know about pictures of Dorian Gray. What's the one that's got? Oh my God! It was my mom's favorite book, and it's got like uh, Ralph Ray Fiennes was in it. That's like him and a woman, and there's these cliffs. Constant and- Gardener. No, it, there's a, it's a book. It's a classic book. It's been redone several times, but Ray Fiennes was in one of the movies where he played the titular, the main, not the titular character, the main guy. Uh, English Patient. No. A classic book. I'm sorry. I'm just naming Ray Fiennes And stuff. he's like, has this house and is like, he's an old rich man, basically. And this girl comes and they fall in love. I have no idea. That's every white person movie. Old white person. No, it's movie. a classic book. I cannot. Think oh, it's of it. not. It's not. Uh, oh, if Bubba was here, he'd be. He, Bubba's listening. I'm to this. sure. I'm He's sure. listening to this right now, yelling at you. Is not, Bubba still not, listening? Not Bronte. It's not Emily Bronte's book. Uh, it's one of the Brontes. I feel like. not. Not. Uh, not. Uh, something. Wuthering Heights. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
my mama's favorite book and one of her favorite movies was the right she loved Ray Fines. Ray Fines is it. Ray is fine. I forget where I was going because I made that stupid pun. Uh okay, so Kurt Vonnegut, this book. I had no comprehension, no idea that this book was like sci-fi-ish. Oh, yeah, it's all sci-fi. Even though he's like, hey, these are real events. Now I gotta make yeah. it sci-fi for you to comprehend it, which is all sci-fi. Yeah. That's what Star Trek is. Oh, hey, there's yeah. racial it, issues. Yeah. Let me create a, an alien, a green alien that represents this class of people that well, everybody hates. Blah, 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 it's blah. it's the same thing of, as in like nobody remembers the firebombing of Dresden and all the horrible things that happened because of the nuclear bombs that went off in Japan. And everybody says, oh, look at this. But they completely ignore that in comparison, how awful that was. But because it was a long, drawn out thing. For a time period and not just one sentinel event, that's what causes it. So that was like his some of the ups things that got them upset. He's like, Why are y'all worried about a nuclear bomb that killed this many people? Look what's happening over here. Do y'all not remember this? And like, if you talk about the firebombing of Dresden or all the other bombings that took place in Germany, nobody remembers it. Like, literally, people look at you weird, like, What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But you say, like, a nuclear bomb, like, Oh, yeah, Oppenheimer and all that. No. It's something. It's it's a it's a point in history that's just blanked out because people because people are that way, and so we just ignore things, and we chose to ignore that that's not covered in any history. Mm-hmm. And he was upset about it and going, "This is what I experienced, and this is what you have to understand." And when nobody was interested in it, he's like, "Well, I'm just going to do this thing instead." Well, so I'm then, when it. I say my first novel looks foolish compared to yours. Well, you were talking about your your favorite. Uh, my first adult novel was Cyclops by Dirk Pitt, which oh. is just, just just like all his others. Oh, uh, when, um, so when you said Cyclops, I thought the Odyssey. No, no, okay. just Cyclops by Dirk uh, by Clive Cussler. That's, that was starring. Jack's first book, by the way. Which one? The, the Odyssey? Odyssey. Yeah, that's his favorite by book. Homer. Yes, really. That's his favorite book. He's li- wow. I cannot tell you how many times that book has either been read to him, or he's read it, or he has listened to that book. That was my first adult novel. Then I forgot where it all Clive Custer's. Uh, my only foray into classic literature, mm-hmm. besides like, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings type stuff. Was Robert A. Highline's Stranger in a Strange Land, which I think oh, I've discussed briefly yes. on this I podcast need to read before. That one. It's weird. I like reading weird. It's like a Mars Jesus comes to Earth. Mars Jesus. And it is weird. Bruno? It is, it is weird. <laughs> it is weird, man. I'm just like, and that's where that grok, I didn't realize yes. that's where grok yeah. comes from. I that, yeah, I thought that's John Carter. Robert A. Heinlein. Oh, okay. No, John Carter's, I forget that guy, that author's name, but no, it's not him. No. So he termed out this word grok that I first heard Sam Healy use on the dice tower. I'm like, what is this word? I look it up, Stranger, Strange Land. Then years later, I end up reading the book. I'm like, they use grok in this book. So was your first adult book just read a few years ago? Or what? <laughs> no, I mean, I read Cyclops oh, oh, when sorry, I was I a, on that. a child I got in lost. middle school, I would say. Because before oh. that, I was reading pretty much Nancy Drew Hardy. Oh, Moby Dick. Stuff. I remember reading Moby Dick. I read all the classics. I've never, I've never oh. read one of the quote-unquote classics. Yeah. Never. Even Lord of the Flies. Never read that. We were supposed to read it in school. I never read it. It just, I, I was completely, if it wasn't Star Wars, Star Trek, space related, I would not read it. Oh, there's tons of, of, of 
sci-fi books that would fall. I'm sure you could read like two thousand Arthur C. Clarke's two thousand one. I'm is a classic, not just movie wise, but book wise, never read it. Yeah. I wonder what this like the classic sci space books are. Uh blindsided. Blindside, which I just read here a while back, that Peter wants or what yeah. His was the one about consciousness and is it evolutionary advantageous to people. I did not particularly like that one. Uh, and of course, Hyperion and um, oh, yeah. all that Dan Simmons is yeah. uh, books. Hyperion is one of Bubba's favorite books. I, I keep starting it. And I need Chardet to right. read it and she did a super weird. I, you, you have to be in the right headspace for that. And there's certain ones like that where you're reading. I do not. I, I found that I can't hardly do sci-fi because I can't picture it. Unless, I mean, do like, you consider I, Orson Scott Card a classic? I don't well, think yes. so. It's modern classic. We're talking I would about say. Orson Scott. All of the Because, I mean, game? Ender's Game. Uh, yeah. Okay. I read Ender's Game, like all of those. Yeah, Ender's Game is all right. But I can't picture. Children pitch, of the Mind. I can't picture something. Children, anyway, I, I can't picture something in my mind's eye when I'm reading. So it's like my wife is a voracious reader, and I, I can't sit here and go, this person looks like this and this, and this is this, and this is what this thing See, is. I, I, can't. I have problems with that. I, and this is one of those things that's like, when I was young, when I was younger, I read low. I, I loved reading. I absolutely, I would, I've read all of, I've read all of dirt pit, but I was biased towards sci-fi adventure type stuff. All of Michael Crichton, Jurassic Park, all that crap, when it all came Love out. Love Jurassic Park. Read it all. Pray, fantastic. Pray should be a movie. I need to read that one. I, is, I, I did not get through it. It's the, is that the nanobites. Yes. yes. Nanobites. What? That's like the <laughs> I, little foods. <laughs> so, but, but all of those books I read, I, I loved reading when I was much younger. And I could envision. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Because when they became out with Sahara, a Clive Cussler novel mm-hmm. starring Matthew McConaughey. You could not have nailed that character's physicality better I, than I'm Matthew like McConaughey. I'm like the only person who liked this film, I thought. Like, I, I went and watched I it. I found it like, very enjoyable. Don't know why it bombed. And I think that's only because I like the characters, even though Al Giordino looks nothing like Al Giordino of the book, but I love Steve Zahn. I like the chemistry they had. Sahara, I thought it was adventurous enough. I like the theme music, the adventure music. It was fine. It bombed. Well, it's the same thing because I'm a big fan of the Audrey um, Madawin, you know, Master and Commander books. And yeah. that was like Russell Crowe. Yeah. They were going to make a series of that. And I've gone on and on about it. Like all 23 books of those. I've read those. I love those. And he was apparently a big fan of it, too. And they've even talked about it recently about giving it another go because that show won so many Oscars and stuff. I mean, it was it was a huge movie for them. But it's like nobody's going to watch this. But I, it just depends. Like, like same thing with this Napoleon movie. Like, I love Napoleon. I love the story of Napoleon. He's a great historical character to, to kind of understand. But you it, you can't do it in two hours. You cannot do it in two hours. Like you can only, I mean, that that's the thing is like streaming has kind of gotten people into the idea of how you can just watch a character develop over time. And it's just. A, a, they need to put it on Max or Apple TV or something. Yeah. You have to put it on there and go, all right, we're going to have a mini series and it'd be six hours long. And you watch this and really get to, we don't have to cut something out. There's like a four something hour Napoleon cut. And it's like insane to think about that, but there's no way you can tell the story of it. 
Like, just, no. You can't do well, a you're documentary. You're putting a person's life in two hours. Yeah, a documentary is just some guy telling you about it. Even if it is a specific time period in a person's life, it's like you put that in two hours. Oh, it's very you have difficult. to jump around. Yeah. I mean, you just have to. It's it's a, you're going to miss so much. Yeah, and it it doesn't give you the full overview of what's going on. But yeah, it, it's just it's. There's certain movies like that, and there's certain classics. Speaking of classics, because I want to kill a sacred cow, and this is a go. game that you don't particularly like either, sure. which is El Grande. And so I mentioned, uh, <laughs> oh, and we're back to board well, games. Yeah, well, I feel I feel the need to address this because I've given I've given this way too much thought. I should not have thought. Everyone about it. on our Facebook group disagreed with you, right? Which is like when that happens. And first off, I know that affects you because you're the type of person no. that wants people to well, no. be agreeable. No, 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 because I feel the same way as you about El Grande. Okay, well, here's the thing. I don't care because I'm the type of person that it doesn't matter if there's a million people that didn't agree with me. But I am always interested in wondering why Why am I the outlier? Mm-hmm. So when there's something that everybody else enjoys and I'm like, I don't like this. You I, I feel the same way about Spirit Island. Right. Well, so first off, the and I, I appreciate the reasons that people have gave regarding El Grande. And here's where I feel like I made the fault is that we played other games before we played El Grande. Other games that are very similar like it. For instance, I believe when we did the review of El Grande like years ago, we'd already played The King is Dead. We've already played Tammany Hall. There are tons of other games that were like area influence type things, even the Guilds of London, things of that nature, that I just felt like they're better than this. Like, I'm not interested in this game. It's kind of themeless. You're just moving meeples around. And that was my take on it. The new version of this game is beautiful, by the way. Like, they went, we're going to do taupe, but we're going to do bright taupe type things. And and it's still the same gameplay. Lay a card that's numbered 1 through 13. Take your meeples, and who's ever the highest gets to go first and pick one of these four or five action cards, depending on the players. Very simple. Move your guys around the board, around the king and whatnot. And it dawned on me when I was talked about it on the Facebook page. I think David Allen was going on about how it was like perfectly. This game is like nearly perfect in terms of its design. And I got to thinking about that. I don't think I'd argue with him with that because I think the design of. I think the design of what it intends to do that El Grande is a classic. Like it's it does exactly what it sets out to do. It has I, I, my fault on it is, is that the thing that I look for whenever I have this map and this feel is I'm looking for. I have a game plan. I have my troops. I'm moving my troops. I have a long term strategy. I found that I cannot strategize during this game like it. It, it boils down to it boils down to where I have to be able to react and pick a card after all the cards have come out. Like everybody lays down their number cards. I and now okay, so I'm going second. So this guy now takes his turn. Okay, now I have three cards to pick from. Which one am I going to pick? Now I have to start thinking. And it didn't dawn on me until I thought about it with El Grande. Is that that that's a that's a rub for me for any what I deem to be a strategy game is when I can't make any long term decisions. I can't go. I'm going to take this area by doing this and doing this. And if they try to stop me here, I'm going to do this. Al Grande is, okay, now it's your turn. Do something. And you look and go, well, obviously, out of these three cards, I can do this and move my guys here, and hopefully I'll get this. And I can come up with the best laid plans, 
but those other two people after me can screw me over in a way that it didn't matter what I did. I think that's what gets me about El Grande. Now, as it's for its design, it's a beautifully designed game. I do think it's an evergreen. uh, When I say evergreen, I mean, it's like one of those games I think everybody should play at least once. But I look at it because I played it, and I played it after I had played other games similar, and in my opinion, it's better. Thus, this game just doesn't hold water for me. And I think you did the same thing. We played at the same time, and it was just, we played other things that did it differently and better, in our opinion. It's been improved upon. It's been been improved upon in the aspects that we find important. Yeah. And there's something, now, there's no other game that does what El Grande does. It is that, it, it is the quintessential area influence game. Like, there's, if just like Chinatown's the... Slash Waterfall, the negotiation game. Like, this is pure negotiation. This is pure area influence. I think it's an important game. It's spilled as yours, Winter, isn't it? And it's it's just, it's one of those games. But it's just like when you see those movies, like Citizen Kane and all those movies from the past, some of them hold up and some of them don't. But even the ones that don't hold up for you, you can still appreciate back in the day, this was it. My thing with... El Grande and uh, it, well, for me, any area control game of that style, they're all pretty much tactical. Yes. Because even Godfather, which we love quite a bit, you might own a region for one moment and then the next you're blown out of the water. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it other than maybe your position on if you're going first or second. But that's Godfather related. But Godfather. <laughs> because I, I don't think a first player has a strong position in the Godfather. Ooh, I'd, I, anyways, I'd argue against that. I respect your opinion. <laughs> I, I I would say whoever goes last has the stronger. I, I, would, a, I would say that, that you could blast them I, out of the we'll water. We'll see. Okay. Anyway, so I would just say a lot of these area influence games are tactical. It is hard to make a game plan because when you're fighting against one, two, or especially three or more people, you're going to get blasted out of the water. And it's just super difficult to plan long-term. I would say the only game that fights against that is Barony. Not the only game, but that's a broad statement. One of the... I like broad statements. One of the, ga- one of the games that fights against that is Barony, because once you establish a place, as long uh, especially uh Yes, smaller things, but once you establish the big city or whatever it is, the castle, what I've forgotten the terminology. Castillo. Once you've established that big one, bam, you're done. You've established your area. Right. I, I've forgotten El Grande. It's been years since I've played well, it. El Grande does this thing that <sighs> when I played El Grande, I was thinking, you know what? I would just play Royals. Sweet baby, Rio. No, you can't. I would just play Royals. I and, love Royals. And I realized that El Grande is kind of a step up a little bit from Royals. It's not enough of a step up, but you're you're right about that assessment about it being a tactical thing of where you're you're trying you're you're now in certain games I don't mind the idea of now it's your turn, now plan something, do something now. There's certain games where I'm fine with that, but here's why the king is dead kind of affected that for me. It was King is Dead. You're going to get like eight cards. Everybody has the same eight cards. I know the cards in King is Dead. I'll never memorize all the moves in El Grande. I'll never be able and they randomly come out. King is Dead is this many turns. You're going to play these cards and you're done. And there is no massive shift 
everything is like a trickle of one little thing of you moving here, moving here. El Grande is this player does this thing. And now he's moved five of your guys over here and put his guys here. And it's like there's a massive shift each time that you cannot plan for. You cannot observe and go, this is probably what the other player is about to do. This is where they're going. It just happens. And then you're on, you're, you're down for the ride. There's nothing wrong with a game like that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a game like that. It's just in terms of long-term strategy, when I'm playing a game that is similar to El Grande, I don't like that. So what you're saying is, this is El Grande. It's a game that does this. If you enjoy this style of play, this game's for you. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. But I would go a little bit further to say, if I was going to be controversial, which I won't be, because this is a generic podcast. We love to be generic. And we love to be generic. I would say this might not be for me, but it might be for you. You should probably play this with your friends. I would say that El Grande, if you thoroughly enjoy it, it's because you played it during the time period of your gaming life from which it was it hit that spot because that's the spot you were at. Nostalgic. That not necessarily just nostalgia, but also that's the game and you can appreciate it for what it is. I still appreciate it for what it is. I just don't have a need for it. That style of game, you know what I would rather prefer rather play? You mentioned Royals, but that's like a step up from I, Ticket I, to Ride. You I know can what think I'd rather? of Royals, King is Dead, things of that nature. Right there beside Enrique. That's the one I'm thinking. Shogun? Yeah. Shogun, so, so, and that, that's another that, similar. That's another interesting thing you brought. Is Shogun has the same little weird little tower mm-hmm. where you're putting stuff in, things coming out. Shogun is much more interesting to me. And I thought the same thing when I when I was reading the Facebook comments about how great uh, 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 El, Grande. El Grande is. It is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not knocking El Grande. But I'm saying, if you're one of those people who think El Grande is that great. <laughs> Play I think Shogun. El Grande means great. Yeah, it's <laughs> like how pompous grand? is that? The grand play play Shogun with that timing with those cards mm-hmm. and the actual area, not just influence but control and all that it has done. I, Shogun, I, I I want to play Shogun again just so that I can wrap my mind. El, all El Grande did when I played it, as I'm sitting there, made me think I want to play Shogun. Mm-hmm. I want to play King is Dead. And I want to play rules again. Like, and when we were done, I was like, I would play all three of those. This is why I don't own this game. Looks beautiful. I would recommend it to people. If you're an incoming new gamer and you've not played it this edition, here's and you want to try this out, there you go. Do I need to own it? Absolutely not. And that's why. And it dawned on me the reason why is because I'm a snob. Like it, it's it's that's why. Is that I've I've I, as per definition. I will root out something that I feel like I don't necessarily need. And and that's that's what I did. You've progressed as I a gamer, and pro- that's okay. Well, I don't even know if it's progression, it's just being picky. Cause you can it's it's not it's not a sign of if you have El Grande, doesn't mean you haven't progressed. But if you have El Grande, the king is dead, and all these ones, you've not. You you're you're holding on. You've got too much. You progress by thinning down the herd. Because that's what snobs do. It's not about excess. It's about exclusivity. And on that note, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, rather link the episode of the Board Game Snobs How podcast. How long is it? Uh, we're before editing, hour and a half. 
Oh, that's way too long. One hour and 33 minutes, 50, almost, an, uh, hold on. One hour, 34 minutes. Right. It's good. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. You, those of you that are listening and, uh, what are our next <laughs> those episode? Of you, those of you who aren't listening. <laughs> well, we'll get you back. <laughs> we'll get you. I don't know what will the next episode will contain because uh, we've not gotten there yet. We're about to find out. I'm Gabby. This is Jerry. This is it. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. Thank you.